With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Coming of Cage podcast, your Nicolas Cage movie review podcast, home of the Wheelo Cage, Cage O Meter, and Cage O Bingo. This is episode 42 of the show, and we're talking Nicolas Cage's, I mean Nicolas Coppola's very first screen credit, 1982's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. The film stars Sean Penn, Jennifer Jason Lee, Judge Reinhold, Phoebe Cates, Forrest Whitaker, and of course, Nicolas Cage. Thank you for joining us. Let's hit it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Coming of Cage podcast, your Nicolas Cage movie review podcast. I am Derek. That's Ryan. It is. What's up? What's up? We're here to talk about another Nicolas Cage movie, but not just any Nicolas Cage movie. His first ever credited paid role under the name Nicholas Coppola, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, this is the one that made him change his name from Coppola to Cage. <laughs> That's right. So it, yeah. it, you know, he, he, this is a, was, we were just talking about whether we're going to do a movie that has like a no speaking cameo for Nick Cage in it in the future. And this movie is kind of like that. But I think the, the difference is that this movie is really important in terms of his career. Mm-hmm. um whereas the other one that we're discussing is not so but right. yeah this this one he's barely in it he has zero lines he's just a background character um yeah he's credited as brad's bud he doesn't yeah, have his doesn't own name. name yeah you know uh but yeah 1982 film directed by amy heckler hecker Heckerling, excuse me, Amy Heckerling, apologies, uh, who also directed Clueless and an episode of The Office. So there you go there. It stars Sean Penn, who we saw in uh, Racing with the Moon, 
It's that. a little weird that he's the top credit for it because he was not the main character of the movie. But he's supposed to be. Like the poster is him. Oh, weird. Yeah, like he's the big he's the big guy here. In fact, they liked him so much that they went back in after production had wrapped and filmed more stuff with him. So now I you know, so Judge Reinhold is also in it. He's arguably the other lead. Yeah. As Brad. And then Jennifer Jason Lee, she's plays Stacy and she's the other person kind of in the mix with the most screen time. Um this but, is an important movie too because in my life, I've never seen it. Have you seen it before? No. But this is a movie that, we're, you know, we're kind of movie buffs. I think both of us would consider ourselves that. And, you know, you can't go to a movie conversation, it seems like, without this movie coming up at some point. Or, you know, a lot of this is a popular movie yes. for a lot of people. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of that. But, uh, yeah, for the, it's kind of crazy that for both of us, this is our first time seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's on the lists of like top 50. It's, it was yeah. number two on the list of top 50 high school movies. I don't know that I agree with that. Uh, but it is, yeah, it's a widely known film. Forrest Whitaker is in yeah. the movie. It was his his first audition ever, and he got the role, obviously. Eric Stoltz is in it. Um, you know, so there, there's a lot, of, like, I mean, several of these actors went on to win Academy Awards later in their careers, of course. Mm-hmm. Um but this movie actually wasn't supposed to tank. It was meant to bomb. They thought it was going to go a limited release in like California and then straight to cable. And obviously that is not what happened. Right. So, so there you go. So uh, Fast, Time at, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is about a group of Southern California high school students are enjoying their most important subjects, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know that that's an app description, but it's not. And we do run into that a lot with IMDb. It seems like it's kind of a shot in the dark whether the IMDb description will be any good. Agreed. All right. So every episode I, or every movie we watch, I go through and try and take notes and, uh, you know, kind of log the things I want to talk about later. Uh, and this movie was no exception. So uh, my first note was the opening of this movie was the most 80s opening of any movie ever. <laughs> It's it's a shopping mall, like an 80s shopping mall, which is a shopping mall alone is a very 80s thing. Uh, they sure. barely exist anymore. Um, but, you know, you see movies like or shows like Stranger Things or lots of 80s movies. The mall is the prominent thing, you know, that that sells the 80s. You get all the 80s signs, the 80s stores, the 80s uniforms. Um, obviously, this actually was filmed in the 80s. So, right. you know, it wasn't like a retro thing. But yeah, it, it was the most 80s intro ever. Uh, and I feel like a lot of other movies have kind of copied it without me knowing because I had never seen this. But yeah, you, you see the typical guy at the arcade. You see the uh, people at the like pretzel shop or like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, all, all these the movie theater, you know, it's just yeah, small had everything extremely. Yeah, very 80s. Yeah, it um, certainly sets the tone for the decade that it's in. There's no question about it. For sure, but it didn't really need to because it came out in 1982. So it's not like these people were like, oh, we're time traveling into 1980. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we get it. It's the 80s. <laughs> the movie came out at that point. So I mean, the music was good. There's good the music. I do have that as a, as a note later is that the soundtrack was really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, in this intro, we, we see just who we find out later is the main character of the movie but at this point it's just a shirtless guy hanging out of the arcade as you do you know <laughs> who didn't do that in the 80s i mean 
it's so weird seeing this now because like i've watched sean penn in like his really serious roles some of his heavy roles right and now i'm watching him in racing to the racing to the moon and this <laughs> you know and it's just like and he was good in this it's just a very different role than what i'm used to seeing and i'm actually somewhat convinced that he was really high for most of this movie because some of that stuff is hard to fake so you know according I mean? to the trivia they were at least really smoking pot in the van scenes yeah because i mean the glassy eyes and things like that you can only do so much you know to fake that <laughs> so anyway uh we and also in this intro we get like this is a very horny movie. I have that note later, but it starts you off early, like in this in this montage at the beginning at the mall. There's, it literally is just like a camera panning down a line of butts. Yep, in butts jeans. and jeans. And this, you know, at this point, it's not an uncomfortable thing. But something it, we'll talk we'll talk about as the movie gets going is that some of these characters that we're introduced to are supposed to be 15 years old, 16 years old, and it's showing topless and bottomless scenes with these characters and so i you know had a i don't know I, I had a hard time figuring out what exactly the director wanted the people watching this to feel when they saw what's supposed to be a 15 year old's breasts you know what i mean like was it supposed to be sexy so uh, according to amy heckerling it was supposed to be uncomfortable okay so that's what she was going for. She well, wanted it to be it, uncomfortable. Well, it, you know, this is, we're 40 years past the movie's release date now. And seeing like the Phoebe Kate scene, that's, you know, everybody has seen whether they've seen this movie or not. It's kind of an iconic movie scene. I don't think that scene makes most people uncomfortable when they see it, especially out of context. Right. I mean, it, especially like when you know, like these actors are of age, these are adults. They're, right. They're Obviously, they're not high school kids. Filming. Right yeah it's just a weird thing anyway it is, no it totally is totally yeah my is. next note is judge reinhold is so young in this movie yeah he's yeah. great though he looks great it's, fun to, it's fun to see him at this age and he was great in the movie like he's just a good actor and I, I like seeing him and you know he did he has worked with Nicolas cage at least one other time that we've seen <laughs> in uh, another very horny yeah, film yeah another very horny film an uncomfortable film uh zondale or zondale or however you say it but yeah um you know if you well, have Fun fact here, Nick was supposed to have the role of Brad. Nick the audition lied. for it, right? Well, so he kind of had the role, but they found out he was lying about his age. Nick was actually 17. He was not 18. And there are very strict laws about minors and what they can't, when the hours in which they can film and things like that. And they had to reduce the size of his role once they found out that he was a minor. And so Brad went to Judge Reinhold. Well, I can't say that Nick would have been any better. I mean, Judge Reinhold was great. So, oh yeah, no, I, um, I agree. So yeah, the shirtless guy that we saw in the arcade, we see him go to this restaurant where Judge Reinhold is working. I think this is the same one he's working at, mm -hmm. and uh, he just comes in with a shirt on, takes off his shirt, <laughs> and then starts smoking. This is so funny. If you didn't live in the '80s, it was kind of a wild west time. Like this stuff that's happening in the movie is not like just crazy things for the movie. The it was a really weird time. I mean, it didn't seem weird at the time, but looking back at it, it is a little weird. Uh, so, you know, smoking in restaurants wherever you want, you know, things like that. I'm glad they're gone now, but 
you know, yeah, it was weird. And then the, he gets told to put his shirt back on. We can't have shirtless people in the in the restaurant. So, well, because because that's Judge Reinhold. He's like, well, you had a shirt on when you came in here, <laughs> so put it back on. Right. <laughs> and then we get our first glimpse at at the cage himself. We see uh, very briefly. Yeah, we well, see him slap an "I am a homo" sticker on the yeah. back of a guy's shirt. So that's yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's a uh, casual homophobia, which we marked off as casual racism on our bingo card because we've talked about that before. Yeah, that I should probably just that. swap out the word for like or, or we could just or... use. Oh yeah, yeah, casual prejudice would be good, or just put racism yeah. slash homophobia. Yeah, uh, but I guess it could also be like religious stuff, or you know, there's a lot of things that could fall under prejudice. Yeah, no. It's not good, I'll tell you that. No, but that's it's just the good. first of several. Yeah. It did make me a little embarrassed for that to be, you know, Nick's debut, debut in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get to see a young Forrest Whitaker. So young, man. He, yeah. This is the youngest I've ever seen him. Fight. I mean, obviously it's his first role, but like, I, I must, there must be like a 20 year gap between the next time I saw him again. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Something I found interesting in this movie is they do a really good job with uh, cars, making the cars like fit the characters. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed that part of it. I, I like the there's this kind of a skeezy guy that sells concert tickets, like uh, scalps concert tickets, and you like, know he he drives like a, I think an AMC Gremlin. I think and, so. Uh, yeah. You know, another character drives a 240Z, and then another character drives the uh, Forrest Whitaker drives like a brand new Trans Am, brand new 1982. It's gorgeous too. Yeah, yeah. So they, a lot of movies don't do well with that. They just use whatever. Nowadays, it's just like whatever company sponsored you. You use the Toyotas or the right. you know Chevys, but uh, you know back then they were using cars to try and fit the characters just like the wardrobe would. And I think that they did a good job with that in this movie i really enjoyed that part it also made it really easy to identify like who's driving or like whose car it is if somebody else is driving um, which does, does happen later yeah um but yeah then i have another note that says nick background character which i think is on our bingo cards sometimes i don't think we had it on this one not this time i don't think um but yeah it's always interesting when he's a background character and he definitely is in this one uh we get a scene in this cafeteria. So at this point, the movie, like we have no idea what the actual story of the movie is. You don't really kind of figure out what, what the storylines of the movie are. It's like halfway through. So I'm not really going yeah. through, scene by scene with everything that's happening. Cause at this point I had no idea what the plot was supposed to be. I'd argue this has a very thin plot. Even best. once you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I'd agree with that. It wouldn't be an argument. But we have uh, two characters. We have Phoebe Cates and we have uh, Stacy. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. Um, they're both very young in this. Uh, but they're having a discussion in the cafeteria. We, we got introduced to them earlier because mm -hmm. they work together at a food place at the mall. Um, but yeah, they work now at the pizza place. Now we're having a conversation with them at the school where they're eating lunch together. And I thought it was really funny. They were talking about how they had three girls at the school that are doing the Bat Pat Benatar look. And they had like three <laughs> three different Pat Benatar looks. Because I'm sure that was a real thing. I, I wasn't sure. really in school for much of the 80s. I def certainly wasn't in high school. So, um, you know, I don't know if that was a thing. But it's funny because people still do that now. But you don't really think about it you know in the 80s people doing these rock star looks 
Um, if you can call Pat Benatar a rock star, I don't know. There's some counts. debate on that. I think that, I think that counts. Uh, yeah. So also during this scene, uh, Stacy expresses her uh, hesitation with sexual encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's asking her friend about giving a blowjob, uh, to which they both demonstrate on carrots that they have in front of them, uh, <laughs> much to the chagrin of the <laughs> men a table over that are hooting and hollering and watching. Yeah. They also bite the tip off at one point. I'm like, okay, we're good. <laughs> It was, I, I was a little surprised, like learning after the fact that this movie was intended to go like straight to cable, I would have really liked to have seen what the TNT version of this movie is. I mean, they could still do all that. They just Can they? I don't know. I, I Probably in 1982. <laughs> there wasn't even an R or like a PG-13 rating back That's then. True. So. Um, That's a good point. So this is the point when I realized that this is a horny fucking movie, man. Just really horny all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. So then we get it starts to get introduced to some of the teachers. Um, and one of them is the dude I know him from Ghost. He was the subway ghost that like teaches uh teaches the the dude how to kick cans and like actually interact with the physical world. Man, I haven't seen Ghost in like 20 years. Who was who who which teacher is this? The guy uh Mr. Vargas. The, he's a really unique looking guy. Yeah. Like, super Vincent, unique looking. Uh, was it Scavelli? Yeah, I think so. Scavelli? Yeah. I forgot he was in Ghost. Yeah. You forgot he was in Ghost? That's what I know him from. I mean, I just I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah, I mean, it was, that's what I know him from. But yeah, he, he teaches Patrick Swayze how to like, you know, manipulate the real world. And he like, he screams and yells at him to get him to do it. That's but funny. he's... He's a great actor, and he's just so unique looking that I just love seeing him pop up in movies because, you know, he's just a fun character. And in this one, he's playing like a creepy kind of teacher that takes him to the morgue (laughs) and like lets him handle like (laughs) intestines and stuff. He pulls out a heart out of a cadaver. He takes him to a hospital, okay, and then all while they're on tour, part of it is in the morgue. Yeah, it's just a weird thing that I'm pretty sure never actually happened in the 80s, but whatever. I mean, we certainly did not do that on any of our our high school trips. Well, to be fair, you weren't in the high school in the ni- in the 80s either, so No. No. Not even not. you weren't even in the 90s in the high school, so Nope, I'm a I'm just a young, young buck. That's right. Um but yeah, my next note was good soundtrack because there's there's a lot of good songs on this for sure. Um Underage Makeout so while uh earlier there was a scene where we had uh linda barrett uh phoebe kate's character and stacy at the pizza joint where they were working and this apparently really hot guy comes in and they send she sends stacy over to go get his number or whatever and the guy starts hitting on her and making stupid jokes. So she gets his number. And then we get a scene of them going to like make out point or something like that, which is actually a baseball diamond that has a dugout. That's the, mo- the least romantic place I've ever seen in my life. Well, and what it's happens like in another couple decides... needles on the ground <laughs> and like graffiti everywhere. And it's just like concrete slabs. 
I was picturing like before they show up, I thought it was gonna be like in Greece where they go to like the lookout, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's the way it is for every like makeout scene in movie. But and they even they even call it like makeout point or something like that. But it's not a point unless you're talking about the point of the baseball diamond. No, they just called it the point. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, still, I, it's but it, it's it's implied that it's something like that. So I assumed that it was gonna be like a lookout point, like you're talking sure. about. Yeah, but yeah, it was this really terrible like concrete dungeon dugout. <laughs> And uh, they start making out, and he's like, "You're really 19, right?" Because she told him that she's 19, but she told she revealed to the audience that she's 15 earlier than that. And so they start making out hardcore. And, and he's 26, by the he's way. He's 26, and uh, you know she starts blasting them nips, and he starts going to town, and they do the deed right on this concrete slab. And uh, it's a scene. It's That's a our scene. first, our first uh, on-screen underage boobies for the movie. Not the I last. Do, I do think it's important to note that in the real world, they were both twenty. Yes, I, I mean I, I think that's clear. That we did there. bring that up earlier. It's you just know. uncomfortable to watch because we yeah. know that this girl is supposed to be fifteen, and I don't really know why you want to make somebody uncomfortable during this kind of a movie like i understand her explanation for a specific type of movie but this movie is not that type of movie i i don't know i don't know because like the the trivia also talks about it being like a tna movie and it's like well how are you both right right like i don't know i if it tried to walk that line i don't know that it was successful yeah and maybe that happened in the editing room like they they had a specific tone that they were going for when they directed it and then it got you know butchered up a little bit in the edit but always um, possible then we get truant sean penn jeff spicoli because he shows yeah. up to class so we get we, we meet this teacher mr hand mr hand that's right um and he <laughs> is a hard-ass teacher like the typical 80s hard-ass teacher mm-hmm. uh, and he locks the doors at the second the clock strikes you know whatever starting time is and he's very adamant that this is my time you're on my time and you will not be late you will not eat on my time you will not do any of these things on my time and then the first day jeff spicoli the stoner uh shows up late and gets his ticket or some sort of ticket something ripped up i think it was his class schedule okay ripped up by the teacher and then he has to go back to the office to go get it uh replaced mm-hmm. and so he's not in the class that day i guess um uh, let's see treating service workers poorly oh yeah oh yeah Brad gets fired so brad is working at like this he seems like he's a good chef at the for a fast food restaurant like people really enjoy his food he throws out all the old fries when he gets there and starts making a fresh batch um you know he, he has an employee of the month up on the wall yeah that's true he did have that yeah. so yeah he's a good employee um but one of the other employees says hey i need to go use the restroom will you cover the counter for me for a few minutes and so he does and this customer comes up and just starts treating him really bad and he gets fired because he threatens to beat the customer's ass or something along those lines yeah and uh yeah any anytime you're treating service workers poorly like that i'm not not a fan so it was very on the nose right the dude's in like a three-piece suit he's eaten most of his breakfast but wants his refund and look as a guy who myself has has worked in food service uh you know fuck you (laughs) yeah Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I've had that happen to me where like there'd be a bite left on the plate. And like, I didn't like this. I want a refund. Sure. Yeah. Bud. Sure, bud. So uh, this is our next drop of casual homophobia. We get like Sean Penn, his character having like a dream, I guess, where he's winning a surfing championship. Oh, right. <laughs> and he has these two like supermodels next to him and he's being interviewed by somebody. Yeah. And he says something like that's for or something like that. And it's like really inappropriate and not necessary to the movie at all. And yeah. it just it just makes me uncomfortable hearing that word. I didn't even like saying it, but it it is what it is. You can bleep it out later if you want. But um yeah, the F F slur for uh uh that people use for homosexuals is what he says, and it's not great. It's it's obviously bad, and his character doesn't really show like just like Nick Cage's character, we get this homophobia, but really the character is not set up to be a bad character. I guess well, in the 80s, that's just what people said. To make know? matters worse, that whole scene was done later. That's that when was... they added in? Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's... So, and so, like, they were writing stuff. Some of, the, some of the dialogue, especially in this case, was written, like, as they were shooting. And so Sean Penn didn't have time to memorize these lines. And so they would actually have cue cards. And supposedly the writer kept this cue card because it's so, like, infamous or something. Oh yeah, I mean it's out of nowhere. I mean, it, a weird it's a piece weird... of memorabilia to keep, you know. Yeah, I mean, I get it. As somebody that collects movie props and stuff like that, I mean, I I get under you know the weird stuff, but yeah, that one's a tough sell. You know, it's uh, it is what it is. But yeah, that's a weird scene. It doesn't really add anything. Well, it we added really... more Sean Penn. That's that was the thing they wanted. But more we don't really time. ever see him surf or do anything like we we hear him reference surfing at one point yeah. but i guess he was just supposed to be the typical surfer guy so surfer stoner guy yep um so we at, at a, somewhere around this point you start feeling out what the plot maybe is and the plot is essentially just following like these maybe five characters that uh are going through their high school i i don't know they're just going through high school i guess a, a year of high school and it's not yeah. even for all of them they're not all seniors so it's just a, a year of high school right so one of them is sean penn's character um stacy mm -hmm. uh who is the phoebe cates's friend uh judge reinhold uh who is stacy's brother by the way yes uh mike who we haven't really talked about much because he's kind of a weird character in the movie and i don't really know what they were going for with that but he's uh the guy that was like selling scalped concert tickets and he's a friend to this other guy that we haven't really talked about at all rat which is a weird name his name is mark ratner so they call him rat mark, yeah um uh, but he's kind of a the nerd stereotypical nerdy like can't talk to girls you know that that trope from the 80s um and i would argue that that basically the main characters that the movie wants you to follow or care about are jeff spicoli stacy and rat judge yeah. reinhold's character isn't even like he's still in my opinion just kind of a side character to because he doesn't really get a happy ending or you know anything or anything like that you know we don't really get much with him 
everybody else has more plot development than he does. That's what's so weird him about and Mike. this. Him like, and Mike are both that way. Yeah. So like Stacy and Mark get the plot, but Jeff and Brad get the screen time. And Mike. And yeah, Mike gets a good amount of screen time too. And like he's and really he just... gets a major, but they're but those three characters or those two characters, Judge Reinhold and uh, Robert Reminis, Mike Damone, are the they are just there to further the plot of the other characters, really. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this, this movie was more about Rat Spicoli and Stacy, even like Phoebe Cates' character, which is interesting to me because I thought she was going to be a main, you know, like the movie was going to be about her because I'd seen that one piece of media right it's famous so i just assumed this movie was going to be a she was going to be a big part of it but she really she's just there to move along stacy's story well and she's uh, like you know she's she's supposed to be more like mature and worldly her boyfriend's already like up in chicago and, and she's know, already had sex so many yeah, times and she's yeah. so much more knowledgeable and, cl- and clearly like at the beginning of the movie we're not sure maybe that's true right but as the movie goes on you start to realize she's kind of full of it yeah you know <laughs> so ratner rat he is like i said the stereotypical nerdy guy that doesn't know how to talk to girls but we're kind of introduced to him in the beginning of the movie he's like a usher at a movie theater like a ticket taker at a movie theater in the mall and in the mall and and uh the restaurant or the food court or whatever where the girls work is not like he can see it from where he's working Mm -hmm. and so he's got eyes on stacy and he also has a science class with her. So he has a crush on her. And that relationship is kind of the main part of the movie. And it sounds like that's what the plot was supposed to be. The Spicoli stuff was fleshed out later because they liked Sean Penn. Right. But um, so, yeah, we get we finally get a date between the two, um, between Rat and Stacy. Uh, and they go out and it is like the most awkward date ever. <laughs> they go to like. I don't know, like a Hungarian it's like a four-star restaurant, restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and he forgets his wallet, poor guy. Yeah. And that's where Mike steps up. Mike brings him the wallet. Gives yeah. him a hard time about it, but he does it. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, Mike is, is really is like his best friend essentially, but uh, he's kind of a dirt bag. Like I said, he's oh, scalping yeah. tickets. He's, he's a slime doing ball. things that are not great. He'll, he does some stuff later in the movie. That's not great. Um, but yeah, he he does help his friend out in this case, and uh, you know we get this awkward date, and it goes. She's now seasoned. Uh, she's had sex with this twenty-six-year-old guy, and uh, you know her friend Phoebe Cates' character told her that the set it hurts. She said it hurts so much, and Phoebe Cates' character tells her, "Yeah, but it gets way better. You got to do it more, and it does. It gets way better." And so now she's trying to do it more, and. Uh, she brings it brings brat into her home while her brother is at work or out or something and her parents are out of town and she is like laying it on thick real thick like this guy is completely oblivious or he knows and he's just not comfortable with what's happening but yeah. they she goes and like has to change as soon as she gets there she comes out in a robe and says you want to come into my bedroom and she's like, well, what do you want to do when he sits down on the bed? And he, he she's like, oh, let's, let's look at this photo album. And so they start looking at this photo album. They look at like three pictures and then they start making out. And she's like ready to get to the next stay, stage. And he's like, I, I'm sorry, I got to go. And he like runs out, you know, 
Oh, uh, my he's borrowing his sister's car and like he's got to get the car back and blah blah blah. Uh, so he's clearly uncomfortable with the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this I we were referencing this next scene earlier because the we see a scene of the Trans Am of Forrest Whitaker's character's Trans Am out driving. Um, and it we it's not him driving, it's Sean Penn's character driving while he's drinking and high. It should be noted that Forrest Whitaker's got a little brother and his brother and Sean Penn's character are friends. Yes, and, 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 and that's Forrest Whitaker's character is away at football camp or something. And so they take this car and he's driving like an absolute maniac. Insane. Uh, yeah, if I saw somebody driving like this in real life, I would be instantly calling the police because there's something wrong with this person. And, and there was in the movie. I mean, he was drinking and high. I would have um, liked to have seen how they filmed this given that it was 1982 and they probably didn't have like a huge budget i would have liked to have seen how they did it uh they probably put gas in the car and then turned it on and had some other cars driving around and just well because like they you know they had had to have probably some stunt drivers you know because like, probably he's going down the middle of two lanes and he does bump another car but no one like spins out or anything so like it just would have been interesting and he does wreck it but it's funny because yeah when he wrecks it like you were talking about the budget all we see is like a bunch of styrofoam rocks on the hood and, and, and the car like seemingly has no damage that you can really see but uh yeah i thought i now that you've mentioned the budget it's funny we've seen that in some other nick cage movies uh where they you know the budget was low and so they couldn't actually wreck the car right the, Sel- the celica comes to mind from uh the testicle exploding movie yeah, I mean the budget was estimated at four, four and a half million was the estimated budget. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was. I just thought that was funny. Uh, yeah, no, like, totally. He's like, it is. I think this is kind of a famous scene too with Sean Penn's character. Where he's like, my dad's a TV repairman. He's got every tool you can imagine. He can fix this car. <laughs> he's like, I can fix it. Oh, Not I his can dad. Fix it. He's like, I can fix yeah. it. And the and kid's he, like, he, no, you can't. And he looks outside and he's like, oh, maybe I can't. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, but see. this this leads to the smartest thing he does in the entire movie yeah that's true he, that is pretty smart uh he frames so, there's this big rivalry football game coming up and so he so i guess has the wrecked or the wrecked car towed to the school and spray painted all over it that uh it was the other team that did this to this guy's car and since he's like their star player um you know he comes out and sees it and he's pissed off and they get away with it nobody yeah, ever finds out it was brilliant it really was it really was yeah but the then we get a scene of the football game with this <laughs> the poor other team oh, that yeah. had no uh, nothing to do with it and forrest whitaker is ripping them apart limb from limb slinging them into the air like diving over people and putting his full body weight into shoulder checks you know it, yeah it's a crazy montage. It ends up being like 48 to zero or something. For the <laughs> yeah. score. Just because it's implied that Forrest Whitaker's character is like a beast on the field. Well, he's a bigger dude, you know, and it's high school. So he's clearly like towering over people because he's actually like 21. <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, it was it was a nice little sequence. Very different from the rest of the movie. It kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Again, like there's some disjointed aspects. Right. You know. I feel like at this point we should probably say that th- even though this girl has gone on the date with Rat, 
she's clearly been horny for every guy that's around her all the time, including Rat's friend Mike, the scumbag. Well, it's it's weird. I don't know if it's that or if she's just been convinced by her friend, you know, Linda, uh, Phoebe Kate's character, that like this is just what you're supposed to do as a high school know, girl. Maybe, but she's got is... like she's giving bedroom eyes to every guy that's near her, basically, other than her brother. Yeah, I I just uh, yeah, I think I think Linda's just been a bad influence. Maybe, but we we at this point we get a fa- the famous uh, Phoebe Kate's pool scene. Um, you know, they're Mike and uh, Rat go over to the house, Judd Reinhold's uh, and Jennifer Jason Lee's character's house, because they have a pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just the four of them there. And then Judge Reinhold comes home at some point, but they're getting ready to jump in the pool. And yeah, Judge Reinhold's character comes home and sees uh, Phoebe Cates' character in a red bikini uh, and walks inside and starts furiously masturbating. Uh, and having that scene that everybody that's so famous in this movie is not even a re, like it's an imagine it's his imagination as yeah. to what's happening outside because uh, he does like stare at her out the window a little bit but then he like sits down and starts doing it doing the deed so now he's imagining it and uh, yeah that, that scene is his imagination um, but she ends up getting out of the pool and uh, not nearly what like he was a his, he was imagining, but just getting out of the pool and she needs to go inside to get a towel or something. So she goes inside and he didn't lock the door and she didn't knock. And so she just opens the door and he's just like full on, you know, doing the doing the thing. And she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And she like runs out. And I thought then, that was going to go somewhere. Like, I thought that was going to come back later in the movie, but no. It did not, yeah. I feel like that was a cl- cut plot point or just meant to be funny, but yeah, there's really no repercussions for anything in this movie except for one thing that we're about to get to. Well, but like at this point, I feel really bad for Brad because he got fired and then he gets this job at like this pirate fish place and has to wear this uniform that he hates, right? And he ends up quitting that job after feeling like humiliated. So he's clearly depressed. They meant there's this mention about how like he's barely talking now and stuff like that, right? And then Linda walks in on him. Yeah, he just... can't even pound one out and feel better, you know? He's got to just get interrupted. Everything, nothing is going his way. Nothing. And he, like, he seems like a good enough guy, whereas, like, Jeff is, like, a Yeah, he really seems up. like the only really good, well, maybe not the only, but one of very few really good guys in this movie. Yeah. You know, Rat is a pretty good guy, too. But Agreed. other than that, everybody else is kind of a piece of shit. Pretty much. So, uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly how it happens, but eventually we get to where uh, Mike goes over to her house, to, goes over to Stacy's house to swim. Or so, I can't remember. so they're, they're walking home from school. They're walking home from oh, school. Oh, that's right. And she says he she needs a ride. Place. Yeah. And she invites him in for iced tea. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then he, she's like, you want to take a swim? And so he's like, well, sure, but I don't have any trunks. She's like, oh, you can borrow Brad's. And so she goes and puts on her bathing suit or whatever. Or no, she goes and grabs her bathing suit. No, she puts it on and then she she takes him to, they have like a changing house outside by the pool where the trunks are. And she takes him out there and she's she's like, go ahead and get changed. Here's some trunks. And he's like, only if you take yours off too. And so they both get topless. 
And then they both get bottomless and we get hanging dong with full bush in this movie. Not the version I saw. Really? Yeah. You didn't see the dong? I no, I streamed it on uh um uh, what did I stream it on Peacock? Gotcha. So I was streaming it from uh or not streaming it. I was watching it from a 4K recent re-release. Oh. Criterion. Okay. A Criterion re-release. <laughs> this must have been like an uncut version. Uh, it was uncut. I'll tell you that. I didn't uh, see that. Yeah, there was. It showed full dong, and I was like, "Holy shit!" That I did not expect that in this movie. I mean, it was the '80s, so you know, there's some dongs in the '80s, but not many. Not many. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly just female nudity in the '80s because <laughs> nobody they thought nobody wanted to see penis, and so. But yeah, there was full on bush and dong. I, I'm sad now that you missed out on that no, scene. I, I didn't see that. Yeah. 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 It happened. Um, that is interesting that we've watched two different versions. But it is. Uh, yeah, full on hanging dong. And, okay. you know, she takes her pants off too, but you don't really see anything. So, yeah. But you do see Dick. So, bummer. Not, not erect, if you were curious. Well, no, you can't. So, if it's erect, then you can't X rated. X rated, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah, it was it was a flaccid penis so um yeah then we get judge reinhold are they they have sex they make love M- mike and stacy mike too. and stacy not judge reinhold <laughs> he was probably masturbating somewhere oh um but yeah they they, they have sex uh, even though this is the chick that his like best friend was into he still does it and he's over they make it a point maybe this was i don't know if this was in your part but they make it a point to show that he takes like three pumps and it's done oh yeah yeah the rest of the scene i think is there yeah he he he's and then he like immediately runs out he's like i, I gotta go and he just goes while he's still putting his pants and stuff on well because the scene shatters him too because we see that like he's been full of it the whole time yeah he's like well. the suave guy telling his friend how to get women and stuff like that and then he like gets three it, pumps in and it's done well, like, the way it comes off is that like this is he's never had sex before. Oh, I see. I didn't get that vibe. I just got the vibe that he was quick. Well, he straight up says that like I think I came. I mean, he does say that, but it's a that's a weird thing to be unsure about. I mean, even if you've never had sex, <laughs> that's a weird thing to be unsure about. You know what I mean? I feel like guys figure that out pretty quick. I mean, that's fair um yeah so we get next we go to judge reinhold's character who is now working at this pirate themed restaurant and uh he has to make a delivery like it's an obscene costume it's like a a t-shirt that's made to look like a pirate shirt and like he's got to wear this huge like styrofoam hat so bad yeah and uh he's got to make this delivery and it's got to be there in an hour or whatever and so he starts eating the customer's food, which is kind of an asshole move. <laughs> you know, we said he was a good guy, but that's kind of a dick move. I think he's kind of reaching his limit, I think, at this yeah. point. Yeah, and eventually he sees, like, this hot chick looking at him in, a, in another, like, Trans Am or Camaro or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's looking like she's interested, but then she's kind of laughing at him because of the outfit. And he's kind of flirting back, forgetting that he has this outfit on. And then he looks in the mirror and realizes that he's still wearing this goofy-ass hat. And he <laughs> so throws bad. it out the window. And then he starts throwing out all the food. And I'm assuming he quits at that point. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, and so this is where, like, time starts getting really weird. Well, it's it's been weird throughout the se- throughout the movie. It's not really clear, like, how much time has passed. But then we get a scene 
without it doesn't say like three months later or anything like that but we get a scene with her telling mike it was stacy telling mike that she's pregnant and so well, i think it's only been i think like, they do say it's been three weeks when do they say that later in a couple of scenes later okay but i'm saying when this scene happens yeah we have no idea if she just goes and tells him that she's pregnant and so we're just assuming that it's been like four weeks or something like that and uh that he and he wants her to get an abortion right and she's already looked into it and it's gonna cost three hundred dollars i think 150 oh 150 and i thought it was 150 each okay and uh and she wants him to pay half and he wants her she wants him to drive her which seems totally reasonable in that circumstance um and so he agrees and so we get a scene of him like calling a bunch of people at night trying to get the money together it's kind of implied that he's got money because he's like selling all these tickets and everything constantly but then we find out they really doesn't have money well because people aren't paying them right he's just giving them product without them paying yeah and so he's trying to collect and nobody wants to pay him and then uh you know we get another scene with her like waiting clearly waiting for him to come pick her up that at probably an agreed upon time and he doesn't show up Mm -hmm. and she tries to call him and his mom or somebody says that he's working with his dad in the basement and he's busy he'll call you later or something like that so uh she asks her brother for a ride to the bowling alley, which apparently is across the street from the abortion clinic. Yeah. And uh, so her brother drops her off the bowling alley and she pretends to run in. But then as soon as he gets away, she runs across the street to the abortion clinic and he looks in the rearview mirror and sees her. And he's a very good brother in this circumstance. He goes and waits for her to come out and uh you know she does and they they're like oh we can't let you go if you if you don't have a ride and she said oh well they said they'd meet me downstairs and so they let her go and she doesn't really have a ride downstairs yeah i feel like that was just way too easy yeah Yeah. it was the 80s i mean things were different but but yeah she didn't think she had a ride she was expecting to just walk home after getting an abortion which sounds like fucking terrible uh you know she didn't her character i expect her character to be a little more traumatized but she wasn't really which you know i thought maybe the the movie was going to take a stance on something but it didn't really it doesn't no she seems fairly normal after after this happens although she's thankful that her brother is there no I and mean, she asked him to not tell her parents right i mean at the end of the day this thing really is just framed more to make mike seem like an asshole than anything yeah. else and uh so she ends up telling her friend phoebe cates's character about this and i know you said that phoebe cates's character was a bad influence on her but also phoebe cates's character was a very good friend to her and was trying to look out for her oh sure um so she calls him like a dirt bag or scumbag prick. or something like that a little, oh, prick. Pr- a little a little prick yeah that's what it yeah. is and which i've been calling him a scumbag the whole time but yeah a little prick uh and so she goes and like spray paints his amc gremlin <laughs> uh with little prick and she writes it on uh on his locker locker. and yeah i mean this is something that if if something like this happened to me and my friends were gonna avenge me that's that's great they did a good job with that but yeah he like puts a piece of cardboard with some duct tape over the door to like cover where she wrote that and uh yeah so she was as as bad of a 
of a influence as she may be, she's a very good friend and does genuinely care about her friend. So, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, we uh, my next note was AMC Gremlin, uh, because I liked that card and it was green, which was cool. Very um, green. So then Mike finds out, or Rat finds out that Mike slept with her, his love interest, yeah. and got her pregnant and all this stuff that happened and they're in like a locker room and they're about to fight and the, the coach or whoever comes in and says oh you guys take it take it somewhere else or whatever and, um so it, it's kind of a you know we have a one that's demonstrated that they're a very good friend and then we have this one that's demonstrated they're a really bad friend so we get to see both extremes of friendships mm-hmm. in this movie in close proximity uh, yeah, and so then we get the scene where the science class is touring the morgue, or touring the hospital, and going to the morgue, uh, and literally, like, this teacher pulls out a heart, and, like, points out, like, I thought it was just gonna be okay, because there were some rumors that the kids were talking about earlier in the movie where they were like, I heard he he pulled all the intestines out of this corpse, and blah, 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 and they're talking about this teacher, and they're like, I heard this, and I heard that. And I, you know, when they get to the morgue, he's like pointing out, well, here's the lungs and here's this. And then he literally does. I thought it was just going to be that and that the kids were making stuff up, but he reaches inside the corpse <laughs> and pulls out like the heart and just like, it's already cut. Like it's free floating in there. And yeah. he's just like showing it to the kids. And uh, Stacy runs out, like getting ready to vomit. And, uh, you know, Mike or Mark chases after, Rat chases after her. Mm-hmm. And they kind of reconnect at this point. She's kind of been, you know, uh, screwed over by two guys and she's starting to realize that she doesn't want just sex she wants a relationship mm-hmm. and uh you know she's starting to figure that out um and we get this really weird scene and this might have been one of the added on scenes oh there's a dance happening right that night uh but the graduation the dance graduation dance that everybody's but... invited to Mr. Hand shows up to Spicoli's house, and this might have been an added on scene to get more Spicoli. I don't know. Um, but he shows up to Spicoli's house, which apparently is a thing that teachers do in movies. Uh, and he said that uh, Spicoli had been wait had wasted eight hours of his time uh, in class. And so now he's going to get that back. And he's gonna go over this book this with, with Spicoli, and so they, you know, spend an undetermined amount of time together going over this book. This is so awkward too, because I think it's also worth noting that his walls are just covered in pictures of naked women, like oh yeah, centerfold cutouts and stuff like that, right? Just like everywhere. And his little brother has come into this room. Is like probably eight years old. Has come in several times. So yeah. clearly, you know, this house is about has some bad influence stuff going on for and Mr. Hands just chilling there. Yeah, he's just chilling with, the, with these titties all over the place around him. But <laughs> um, yeah, so he he lets him go to the dance, even though he could have kept him longer. But he lets him go to the dance. And, uh, you know, they have this happy ending. Those two do because they've been at each other the whole movie. Um, and so, yeah, they go they go to the dance and we get uh nick cage dances in the background i was watching the whole time i wasn't even paying attention to the dance i was like we're gonna get this box on our bingo card he's somewhere in here dancing and sure enough you do get to see him for like two seconds 
dancing in the background of some shot. Well, uh, good. I I missed it. So there you did go. Did you really? I did. Yeah, he yeah. was wearing a black and white striped suit. We had to rewind <sighs> it to make sure it was him because uh, the person I was watching with thought she saw him, and I was like, I mi- I missed it. And so I wa- I was watching and watching and watching, and it, yeah, there there he was, um, just kind of you know doing his Nick thing back there. He wasn't doing like any crazy dance or anything. Just kind of trying to blend in, but uh, yeah. And so it ends up with. Uh, with rat and stacy in a relationship um and we get like a i have coffee assault as my last note yeah yeah so brad gets a job at a like a gas station convenience store and he's it's late he's the only one there and our buddy jeff comes in and uh he's buying like i don't know some type of drink and some like tasty cakes or whatever and goes to use the bathroom and while he's in the bathroom the place is getting robbed and brad's like oh he's super nervous he doesn't really know how to open the safe right because like he had just started and whatever and when jeff comes back in and it distracts the 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 robber brad knocks the dude out with the hot coffee well he throws the hot coffee in his face and the guy goes down on the ground he's like clutching his face great yeah it's pretty great um but then it starts in the actual (laughs) ending which is like it gives an update for each character and Classic. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, I don't really get the hype for the movie. I, I guess some people just like the characters or they grew up with this movie, maybe. But watching it forty years after it was released, I didn't really see anything that would make me put this anywhere near the top ten of like, I don't know. I, maybe in the top 10 of high school movies, but definitely not like in the top five. Well, that's the problem. I don't know that I can name 10 high school movies. You know what oh, I mean? there's a lot. Like, know, I'd have to think about it. Like, you know, but I guess it depends, you know, just, just any movie where that takes place in a high school. Uh, no, I didn't. I mean, it was, there was a few redeeming qualities in this movie. There's a few scenes that made me laugh, right? There's a few touching moments or whatever. I really like Judge Reinhold throughout the movie um quite a bit actually you know and i guess i liked the music that was really what it had going for it Um, yeah there wasn't like any messages in the movie that the audience is supposed to get like except maybe sex is bad i I guess but yeah even that's a bit of a stretch i don't know right like it's just there's not a whole lot going on there yeah i did no th- i did message. think it was interesting that in 1982 that abortion was dealt with so casually like i i would have thought in 1982 that that would have been like especially considering not to get political but the current climate you know abortion is a pretty hot topic right now uh, with very extreme people on both sides and in 1982 apparently it was more accepted um yeah i mean she's I a know. minor right she's 15 yeah you know so i was a little surprised that there didn't need to be like parental consent or anything and also the way the movie handles it it's just very casual yeah like this is just something high school people do you know it's no more you know no more serious than anything else that happens in the movie the wreck or anything like that you know so i do wonder how stacy paid for it because she had to shell out the full 150 she works maybe she's just good with her money you're right she doesn't really have a car so yeah maybe she's just careful with her money that's fair that's a good yeah. Point. yeah so that's pretty much the movie um i'm sure we're gonna get roasted if people listen to this and go are you how did you not like this movie and it's like <laughs> it's not that i didn't like it it's just i don't really get the hype for it no 
it's not my scene really i don't really connect with any of these characters on any yeah, significant level at all um one little fun fact uh so J uh, jennifer jason lee who plays stacy the pizza shop that her and phoebe case's characters work in uh between getting the role and filming starting jennifer actually worked in that pizza shop nice so that's kind of fun yeah but that's it. That's the movie. Um, so now we got to, of course, rate the film. We rate our movies on our uh, cage ohm meter. We do overall quality and then overall caginess, zero low, 20 high. Um, I mean, caginess, like, you know, he's in three, maybe four shots. I hesitate to even say full scenes. He has zero yeah. dialogue. Um, in multiple cases, like, you could miss him very easily in those scenes. Um, I mean, he wasn't even Cage in this movie, so Cage has got to be like a one or a zero. It's because there's nothing, right? Like I was gonna say, like if if zero is an option, I think this is just a zero. Yeah. Okay, so that's easy then. So zero and Cage, caginess that is now overall quality. Like it's it's fine. It's compared to the other movies that we reviewed of his from the eighties, like early eighties. I feel like this was more enjoyable. You know, you have what like Cotton Club and uh, uh, yeah, know, Racing with the Moon, Racing uh, with the Moon, yeah. You know, like I mean, Moonstruck was was only shortly after this. Well, that but, was like eighty seven, wasn't it, or eighty nine? Yeah, but like that was a ways after. This is like a little more mainstream than Racing with the Moon or the Cotton Club. So you know, it's just like it's high school kids in the eighties. You know, yeah. Right. I don't know. I mean. I'm I'm thinking like just putting it square in the middle with like a ten. Yeah, I mean I think that, that that's fair. I mean, what did we end up rate, doing? Racing with the moon. Uh, racing with the moon, we gave it sevens. Okay, yeah, then I think nine or ten is fine. I think that's a reasonable place for it. Okay, so ten it is. So ten on overall quality, zero on caginess. It's just right there, kind of in the middle. It's fine right um it's not not making a big statement there's some nudity in there some of it's uncomfortable <laughs> yeah a lot yeah. of it is uncomfortable yeah uh, you know and that's that's kind of the that's kind of the movie um uh, and if you've yeah. never seen it and you've watched uh sean penn before i think this would be a weird experience for you that's accurate yeah all right so let's see what movie is going to join our wheel o cage and replace fast times and that is matchstick men mm, matchstick okay. men is joining the wheel of cage so to find out which nicholas cage movie we talk about next time on the show you'll have to watch our wheel o cage spin you can go to comingofcage.com for that or our youtube channel dorico studios where we post all of that video content we're of course all over social media on on tiktok and all that good stuff so so there you have it ryan anything else for fast times at Ridgemont High. I'm good. That's uh, I think we covered everything. All right. Well, make sure you get that uncut release. Of That's right. Home. It is uncut. <laughs> full, full bush, full dick, hanging dong. <laughs> All right, everybody. We're the Coming of Cage podcast. Subscribe on your podcast app of choice or to our YouTube channel. I'm Derek. That's Ryan. See you next time. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for listening to the Coming of Cage podcast, a Dorico Studios production. We're hosted by Ryan Kucher and me, Derek Mayer. 
You can find all our links at comingofcage.com and subscribe to our show on your podcast app of choice. Want to see us? Subscribe to the Jerico Studios YouTube channel for video versions of the show. Keep on Cajun on.